1: Is
0: obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick.
1: Hello, and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 295. You're listening to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Once again, we really appreciate it. First-time listeners, welcome. We hope you enjoy the show and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennec, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. This week is a special show. We're going to focus on the latest 2018 TVs, and we'll go through the latest models from Samsung, LG, Panasonic, and Hisense. So all the new features, innovations, models, sizes, and pricing, the whole lot. Optus has announced a plan with unlimited mobile data, and in the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Audi SQ7 TDI Performance SUV. Telstra's got a new Wi-Fi booster. And eBay's new quick list feature helps you list items in less than a minute. And we're going to answer your voice bite questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Massive show for you, so let's get started. Well, it's the TV season. Uh, All the companies are now... Releasing their 2018 ranges of televisions. And we're going to go through uh, on the show today the Samsung range LG. We're going to take a look at Panasonic and also Hisense. They've already announced their range of TV sizes, pricing, availability, the whole lot. We're going to cover it on the Tech Guide podcast. We're going to kick it off with Samsung. And we thought, uh, being the number one TV company in Australia and the world, we thought, what better place to start? Now, uh, Samsung is once again backing their QLED technology. That's Quantum Dot technology. They've also got their premium UHD and also their regular UHD panels as well. So you've got plenty to choose from there. But again, Samsung is bowing to demands and larger screens are in vogue. Australians are, are, are tending to go the bigger bigger size screens. We're talking up to 75 inches uh, there the seven of them uh, in the range, are actually, of Samsung range, 75 inches and above, uh, and one even larger. Uh, but in the in the current way of things now, and, and do you remember years ago when, when stores used to tell you, oh, you need to be a certain distance away from the TV to enjoy it properly? Well, back then we were talking about HD, full HD TVs, where if you did sit too close to them, you could actually see the pixels on the screen. Well... Fast forward to 2018, and we're talking 4K resolution on screens that are razor sharp. So you can sit in front of a 75-inch TV as close as just 2.3 metres away, and you, you can it's perfect viewing. You're not going to see any pixels. It's even the smallest room in your house. You can turn that into a home theatre. Pretty exciting stuff. Now, Samsung's new televisions, which we'll go through in a moment, will be available in-store from April 23. Now, as I mentioned, QLED is all the rage once again for Samsung. They've uh, produced some stunning results with that technology, the Quantum Dot technology. Once again, you're talking a... a Quantum dot technology that, that uh, helps with the black levels, superior black levels, superb black levels. I saw them at their launch last week. Also, terrific color, accuracy, and brightness. That's another strength of, of the uh, LED. Quantum dot TVs is their brightness. So uh, they did also mention, and I think this is maybe a veil dig at LG, which we'll talk about in a moment. They kept mentioning the fact that their screens come with a 10-year no-screen burn-in guarantee. Now, I think what they're trying to say here, and they did remind us all that their, their TVs are made from inorganic material, so LED TVs. LG TVs, which are OLED, O standing for Organic. Now, there has been some speculation that OLED TVs can suffer burn-in. If you cast your mind back 10, 15 years ago, when plasma TVs were all the rage, if you left an image on or a watermark on one corner of the television for a long time, then in a plasma, that would actually burn in. The pixels would be so used to having that there that that, that you could see it even when you change a channel or turn the TV off. Now, there are some... People saying that this may be an issue with OLED and samsung uh, making making people or bringing it to people 's attention not not that not that it is an issue in my mind i, I haven 't heard of it as being a major issue, but Samsung have made a point of it, moving along to their other features hdr ten plus is their HDR of choice. Not many, uh, not many not much content with HDR+, 10+, plus. some on Amazon Prime uh, is available. Uh, another feature on the Samsung TVs is their direct full array. So this is just a way for them to lighten and darken different parts of the screen to get those deeper blacks and reduce screen reflection as well. That's another strength of the Samsung QLED TVs is the fact that you can watch them in a very bright room. That's one slight strength that uh, LED has over OLED. OLED TVs can't match the brightness of an LED TV. Still OLED, which we'll talk about in a minute with LG and Panasonic, they are uh, just superb picture quality. But we'll talk about that in a moment. Another interesting feature for the Samsung range is ambient mode. The QLED range, especially when they're mounted on a wall, can imitate the wall they're sitting on. So what happens is that the QLED TV can detect the color or pattern on the wall uh, on which it is mounted, and then produce that same look on the screen. So it's basically you're going to be you're going to look look at the TV and it's going to look transparent, like you can see the wall behind it. So really interesting use of the TV when you're not actually watching TV. Another use in ambient mode has been able to display information, news, weather, the time, uh, works of art, things like that, where this. Rather than having a massive black rectangle on your wall, uh, it can now do something, display a work of art, show the time, show the weather, the news, sports headlines, or imitate the wall it happens to be sitting on. Another real breakthrough here too, and I saw this with my own eyes, it was remarkable, is the one clear connection cable. Uh, And this is basically a, a rather thin cable. I'd say it's probably as thin as a skipping rope. And this cable, this single cable, can transmit data and power to the screen. So what they had at the launch last week was the TV mounted on the wall and this little, little cable running down the wall. And the colour of it actually sort of blended into the wall. So uh, traditionally, if you want to mount a TV on the wall, you need to get a professional in, drop all the cables down the cavity, uh, then get them out from the cavity down the bottom out of sight so they can connect to your sources. Not so with the Samsung. You can mount it on the wall, run the invisible cable down the wall, this 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 one clear connection cable, I should say, down the wall, and then that connects to a box, which then connects your sources. So rather than having several connections to the back of the TV and then several connections to your sources, it's got one connection from the back of the TV, including power, and that goes into a little box. Underneath in your entertainment unit, wherever you want to put it, and that's where you connect the sources. Really cool feature. Also, on board the Samsung TVs is a Smart Things app. Uh, this will allow you con- to control compatible. Samsung smart devices in your home, so you might have a fridge, a washing machine. They're all going to talk to each other. Smart Hub is their their smarts on board the TV where it can detect a source like a Blu-ray player, a gaming console, and when connected, you'll be able to control that source using the Samsung remote control, which has just 10 buttons on it. Pretty impressive. And, of course, you can uh, download uh, apps, streaming apps. Netflix is on it, Amazon Prime, Google Play, YouTube, Stan, you name it, all the catch-up services as well. Now, we've got the Quantum Dots series, which is the Q9, Q7, Q9, Q8, Q7, Q6. And then you've got your premium UHD, which uh, will be available in 65-inch and 55-inch, all the way up to 82-inch. Uh, in the Q, in the QLED range, the biggest you're going to get is the, is 75 inches. So the Q9F, 75 inches, ten thousand four hundred ninety nine. The uh, 65 inch is the biggest you get in the in the eight series of QLED, and that is five thousand eight hundred ninety nine. Now moving down to this Q7, there is also a 75 inch model of it. And it is eight thousand one hundred and ninety-nine. All these prices are on Tech Guide, by the way. So if you're furiously scribbling it with your pen or pencil, you can look at my website. They're all there. I'm just sort of running through them for your benefit right now. Uh, the the premium UHD TVs, the biggest televisions, eighty-two inches. So it's premium UHD, which means it doesn't have quantum dot, but it's still 4K Ultra HD HDR 10 plus all the bells and whistles, and that's five thousand seven hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Sorry, the eighty-two inches seven thousand nine hundred. That's 82-inch premium UHD. 75 inches, 5799, which I think is pretty reasonable. 82-inch TV for less than $8,000. That's pretty good. Uh, going down to the regular UHD, the biggest one they've got there is a 75-inch for under $4,000, which I think is also pretty good value. The smallest is a 43-inch for $1,199. Now, they don't have all, all the Quantum Dot features, uh, but they do have 4K resolution, HDR10+. plus. I think you're looking at for the UHD TVs is 100 hertz. The premium UHD is 200 hertz, and then the Quantum Dots also have all those. Other features, including of course the quantum dot itself, plus also the uh, one clear cable connection and the ambient mode as well. They're only QLED features. So, all those prices and all of those, uh, all that information, if you did want to check that out, that is at Tech Guide. So, uh, get, be sure to check them out. You can do your comparison shopping now if you like. But we're going to now turn our attention though to LG, and LG, as I mentioned are still focusing on OLED. They have cracked the code on OLED. I know I've mentioned that before, uh, and people are wondering, well, why don't Samsung make OLED TVs? Well, they did in the past, but what happened, I think, is making OLED TVs, panels, I should say, uh, is not easy. And there is a, a process, a procedure, and that process and procedure produces a certain number of panels. Now, if you are... Going through this process and producing a lot of panels, uh, you want to hope that that success rate is high. So uh, uh, LG in their display factory uh, producing OLED panels with a very, very high success rate. There is a huge failure rate if you don't do it right. And that is what I suspect is what happened with these other companies. They haven't cracked the formula to make OLED properly. Samsung's process wasn't yielding as many successful or working panels as they hoped for. So I think it became a bit of a loss leader for them. So they thought, well, we're going to have to cut out making, making OLEDs. We're going to concentrate on this new QLED technology that we've got, which is why Samsung is purely QLED in the top end. And I've got to say, they're producing... OLED-like results in terms of blacks and terrific colour. But anyway, back to LG. And they are well and truly focused on OLED TVs, which is no surprise. I saw them at the Consumer Electronics Show. But not only is OLED TV uh, produced just fantastic black levels. I think the best black levels you can see on a television is on an OLED TV. And from black, you also can create black colour. Great colour as well. So... What uh, LG are bringing to the table, apart from that great technology, which we already know about, they're now backing that up with a new advanced A9 Alpha processor. And that helps the quality of the picture, even deeper blacks, greater contrast ratio, better local dimming, uh, it's just a smarter television. Speaking of smart, that is another feature of LG's TVs as well, is AI with their thin Q Uh, their technology on board, which will allow the TV to not only connect to other products in the house, but also with this AI functionality, it is also using and employing natural language processing. So you've got intelligent voice-activated control and connectivity. So you'll be able to connect to Google Assistant or or Alexa through that. But the TV on its own can... Listen and understand you saying, "I oh, turn the TV up or make the TV louder, it sounds too quiet. it'll respond to these these phrases, and if you say, "Oh, the sounds too quiet, it'll turn the TV up. you say, "Oh look, just go up, go go to channel nine or whatever it's going to respond. so that artificial intelligence which is built in is I think the only TV that has gone down that path that AI enabled television. Smarter than your regular smart TV, LG is really pushing the advantage there with not only the OLED advantage, but also AI on board as well. And LG, too, of course, OLED is their hero product, but they're also going to have super UHD which also uses what they call nano-cell technology, which is a lot like quantum dot technology that you see on board the, uh, the Samsung TVs. They've also got their regular 4K UHD TVs as well. So like Samsung with its QLED, premium UHD and UHD, LG's opposite numbers are OLED as a flagship, super UHD and just your regular 4K UHD. So they are employing different technologies, still producing great results, but there's obviously that good, better, best structure in their range as well, which is smart because not everyone can afford an OLED or maybe not even want an OLED TV. They want something that's a little bit more affordable. The picture quality on all of them is, all, is going to be good. Obviously, the ones at the top of the line are going to be better, but all of them can connect to the internet. All of them you can watch Netflix, stand, stream all your content. Uh, all of them are going to be smart to some degree and all of them are going to have HDR and give you that quality. So it's uh, whether you want to drive, you know, the the Holden Commodore or the BMW or the Rolls Royce. That's up to you, which one of the range you want to choose or which one you can afford. Uh, all the TVs you'll find have that choice for customers. They're not just going to lock you into one premium quality, premium priced product. They're going to give customers the choice, and that's exactly what LG has done. Now their HDR, you know, you hear earlier I mentioned Samsung had their HDR 10 Plus. That's their high dynamic range technology. LG were one of the first and I think are still the only TV with Dolby vision as their as their HDR technology and I've got to say Dolby Vision is available across a lot more content including including Netflix. Uh, Apple TV also have um, 4K Dolby Vision movies as well, so uh, they, there's a lot more content to enjoy with that HDR technology. That Alpha 9 processor that I mentioned earlier really is uh, the doing the heavy lifting here, so that that added processing power is uh, helping create a smoother picture, rendering smoother, uh, helping the whole process uh, look as uh, better than ever before. Now the Super UHD TVs as well, that Nano Cell technology. One of the strengths of that is this really wide viewing angle. We, we had a look at this at CES back in January, the Consumer Electronics Show, and sitting at an angle on a t- when watching TV isn't un- an unusual thing because you, 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 when you think about it, only one person has the best seat. Uh, everyone else has to sit at an angle. So most people are at that angle. The NanoCell technology allows that angle to still offer the as good a picture as if you're sitting right in the middle. Which is uh, a pretty good, pretty good technology, if you ask me. Uh, and then they will, of course they go down to their regular UHD TVs, 4K. Still got the ThinQ as well uh, technology on board, 4K ultra high definition, uh, and and still not a bad TV, even though it's at the entry level. Now, let's talk about pricing. Of course, OLED is uh, is their king product here. LG 77-inch wallpaper TV. That's the TV that's attached to a magnetic mount. Remarkable. Connects with a ribbon cable to a soundbar. And where all the guts of the TV are in the soundbar as well, so all your sources connect down that way. They've got a 77-inch OLED that's priced at 19990 bucks. If you want to just go the 65-inch wallpaper, that's the W8 OLED TV, you're going to be paying half of that, nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine bucks. Uh, there also are two other classes of OLED. The E8, which is kind of the they've got even within OLED a good, better, best uh, s- structure as well. So the middle, the middle OLED is the is the E8, and that is uh, available in sixty five inches, uh, and that is seven thousand six hundred ninety nine bucks. Uh, they've also got a C8. And its biggest size is 77 inches, and that's 14990 The 65-inch C8 is $6,399. The cheapest OLED you can get is the C8 55-inch for 4099 bucks. And again, all these prices are going to be on Tech Guide as well, so don't worry about scribbling them down or pausing the podcast to take note. I'm going to have them all in my stories. The uh, the other sixty five inch E eight is seven thousand six hundred ninety nine as well. Uh, Now moving up to the super UHDs, these are available in sixty five inch, fifty five inch, and forty nine inch. So if you want the real size, you need to go OLED. Uh, That's one that's one advantage Samsung has here with their QLEDs. They've got them in seventy five and eighty two inch. So uh, that's that's if you want the really big sizes then and and not want uh, not wanting OLED then you're gonna have to look at Samsung but LG's uh super TVs super uhD TVs sixty five inches the biggest uh the sk nine five which is four thousand nine hundred ninety nine bucks. Uh, they've also got another 65-inch TV for 4,799 bucks. Uh, slight variations. The cheapest Super UHD TVs are 49-inch for 1,899. A 55-inch is 2,399, which isn't too bad. Then going down to the regular UHD, cheapest one they've got is. Uh, cheapest 4K UHD TV they have, a regular, is a 43-inch for 1399 The 55-inch UHD TV, and that's the biggest size in the regular UHD, is 2149 bucks. A range of prices, and obviously that good, better, best structure is right is there, uh, ever-present, and uh, gives customers choices, of course. Not everyone's going to want the biggest and brightest and most expensive. There's plenty of choice there in the range for you to pick a size and a price that you can afford. So that is Samsung and that is LG. Uh, we're going to take a take a move sh- move on to uh, the Hi- Panasonic and Hisense in a moment. But as I mentioned, if you do want to check out those Samsung and LG TVs and all the pricing and sizes and availability, now uh, the LG TVs will be available in the coming weeks. Uh, I don't think they've specified an actual date. They, uh, uh, I understand they're going to be from the next week or two. They're saying mid-April, which is kind of now. Uh, they're going to be making their way into the stores, but I'd say it's a better bet if we, we say mid to late April, where you see these in the stores. If you want to read more about those stories, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide.
0: Keeping you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Moving right along, we're going to talk now about the Panasonic and high sense TVs. Uh, Panasonic will start with first, it unveiled its range of 2018 TVs. and these include OLED TVs as well, uh, as, you, as well as the regular uh, UHD TVs, the pro-UHD range. Uh, so there are, there is also a structure here, a good, better, best. So they've got their HD models, 4K models, and their OLED top-of-the-line models as well. We'll talk pricing a little bit later. But let us just explain. This isn't the first time that Panasonic's offered OLED TVs last year as well. They did, and it's no secret that Panasonic and another company, Sony, who's, who hasn't really announced their pricing just yet, that'll have to be on a future podcast, But those companies actually source their OLED panels from LG. But that's not to say that it is going to look the same on a Panasonic or on a Sony, because... They give them, they buy the panel from LG, but then they work their magic. They put in their processing and all their technology behind it to make it produce color in a different way. So don't think that, oh, it's going to be exactly like an LG or exactly like a Sony or whatever. Uh, that's not the case at all. You're going to have to see uh, them individually and they apply their own technology to. To their these OLED panels to produce different results. Now the uh, Panasonic OLEDs, they they are backed with uh, a, a terrific reputation, a terrific Hollywood reputation. They've been working Panasonic with uh, in Hollywood for two decades, and it's no secret that the industry experts really uh, prefer Panasonic screens as their reference screens. You know that when they're editing or color correcting, they often have Panasonic mo- uh, Panasonic monitors, and now Panasonic. Sonic OLED TV's to act as those reference monitors so they get the colours right so that basically what you see on the TV is exactly what the director wants you to see that's a Panasonic advantage right there with their proprietary Hollywood cinema experience, the HCX 4K processor now this has been created in collaboration with Hollywood industry experts so uh, these are the same experts who have been using the TVs as their reference monitors so uh, Panasonic's badge of honour here is the fact that Hollywood Use our screens to get it right. So, if you're looking at a Panasonic OLED TV, you're looking at exactly what the director, the filmmaker intended how it look, should look. Now, there are four new OLED models uh, in the Panasonic range across two series: as the FZ1000, which is the flagship, and the all uh, the FZ950. Now, they're available in 55 and 65 inch. They all have the HCX processor on board. They also now include an absolute black filter. This is uh, renders really accurate black levels by absorbing ambient light and reducing reflections. That's how you boost your blacks right there. Uh, they've also THX and Ultra HD Premium Certified, which is really impressive. Uh, they also have dynamic scene optimizers so that can detect brightness in real time on the screen and optimize exactly how it would look for more accurate results. So they've really put some work in getting that picture quality right. There's also an auto HDR brightness enhancer so it can adjust HDR content on the fly. And uh, it also has a, the, the top-of-the-line version, the FZ1000 OLED, includes a Technics dyna- dynamic blade speaker. So if you're sitting it on a surface, it sits just below the screen at an angle, or if you're mounting it on the wall, it'll be flat against the wall underneath the TV. But it does boost the sound quality out of the TV. It doesn't have a subwoofer attached to it. Or, of course, you can attach that TV, though, to a home speaker system, home theater speaker system, if you have one. Now, moving down to the, HK, the, sorry, the 4K Pro UHD LED range, they're going to come also in 65 and 55-inch sizes, now, the FX800 TV, uh, that's the top-of-the-line 4K Pro TV, 200 hertz super-bright panel, also has the HCX Hollywood Cinema Experience processor, same as the flagship OLED TVs. The FX700 has 100 hertz super-bright panel, available in 55 and 65. Moving down to the FX600, they're available in 49, 55 and 65 inches. Uh, there's also uh, the pricing, of course. The top of the line OLED, the 65-inch FZ1000. That's seven thousand one hundred forty-nine bucks. 65-inch, 55-inch version for nine, 65-inch FZ95, 95, nine fifty, I should say. FZ950, uh, five thousand nine hundred ninety-nine bucks. 55 FZ950 is thirty-eight forty-nine. Not bad value there. If you just want to get the 4K Pro HDR biggest size you can get is a 75 inch 5999 bucks 65 inch will set you back 3849 55 inch the FX800 55 inch 2749 the FX700 65 inch 3499 bucks uh, FX600 series the 65 inch is 299 uh start FX600 starting at 43 inches 1549 as well now, Panasonic also announced a range of 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray players, uh, starting at the UB320 320 for 329, and the UB420 for 449. Both uh, the for the 420 supports HDR 10 plus, uh, similar to what Samsung supports there. But if you're an enthusiast like myself, uh, and I do run a 4K uh, Panasonic Blu-ray player in my home theater, the UB820 659. And the premium, and this is what I'm hoping to get, and uh, they haven't even named a price on this because it's not out till the end of the year, the UB9000, which is absolute top-of-the-line analogue, supports analogue 7.1-channel audio and can produce amazing surround sound. The the UB9000 also has a dedicated audio power supply, high-performance digital-to-analogue converter and XLR-balanced output. It just sounds mouth-watering. I do want that in my home theater. So uh, there's no price on the UB900. The UB820, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, 659 bucks. Pretty cool. Uh, rounding out the Panasonic offerings, I just want to mention, they've also got some smart speakers in the range, starting with the GA10, which is a Google Assistant speaker, 379 bucks. There are some other micro hi-fi systems as well. You can check them out on my story on Tech Guide if you want to go through those. And all those prices are on that story as well, so that's Panasonic. Now, lastly, we're going to be talking about Hisense. Hisense had a massive 2017. They were one of the strongest television brands in Australia. Sold a ton of televisions, uh, and they've brought out their new ULED TVs. Uh, for this is following on, of course, from the strong 2017. They also had ULED range, but in 2018, the ULED range is even better. Now, they've got a Series 7, Series 8, Series 9. Series 7 starts at $1,499 for the 50-inch. Series 8 starts at 3699 for the 65-inch. Series 9, 4499 for the 65-inch. Uh, but they, too, have various sizes. They do have a 75-inch Series 9 model as well. Now, the, the ULED TVs feature more than 50 patents. They've got their own technology on board, and... They have UHD premium, they've got quantum dot technology on board, similar to Samsung Analogy, and they can produce up to 250-nit peak brightness, which is uh, really impressively bright. They've also got prime array backlight technology, which can dim and darken parts of the screen to help create those amazing black levels as well. Each company has their own technology, they use it in their own way to produce the same results, that excellent picture quality. Uh, So the ULED range also includes the the VIDAA U 2.5 smart TV platform, so you can uh, sort out your apps and your smarts and customise the experience. They also have a mobile app, Remote Now, which allows you to control your TV using your smartphone, which is pretty handy. Uh, all the way down to customizing your favorite apps, your channels, your inputs right from your smartphone. You can also share your photos and videos from your phone to the screen as well. There's also a couple of modes that Sense have chucked in, which is sports mode. And who doesn't like sports mode? It just customizes that viewing experience, that fast-moving images like your, when you're watching sport, uh, rugby league and soccer or football, as it's called by the purists also have a game mode uh, does high sense, and they've looked after players with this game mode that helps what it does it bypasses the upscaling and all these other picture enhancements that the latest 4k gaming platforms don't need so by saving that process it gives players a faster response time so that latency is really low and that's what you want when you're playing online that gives you the edge when you're playing online now we uh, we'll go through the prices real quick the P9 75-inch is 6499 available in June, uh, 200 hertz as well. You've got Prime Array Backlight Technology, Quantum Dot Color, and that 250, 2,500, I should say, 2,500 nit peak brightness. Very impressive, sports mode, game mode. P9 65-inch, 4499 also available in June. Moving down to the uh, the eight series, 75 inch will be four triple nine, 65 inch three six nine nine. Also available in June, the P7. Now this is available in 75 inch for 44.99, 65 inch for 32.99, P7 55 inch one triple nine, P7 50 inch one thousand four hundred ninety nine bucks, and the seven series will be available in mid May. The, uh, the 7 Series also has 200 hertz, ultra-high definition, wide color gamut, HDR Plus on board, 10-bit, so it can produce over a billion colors. The Series 8 has most of the features of the Series 9. Series 9 have got a couple of other features as well, including a couple of uh, audio features. But uh, a good range there and, again, a good better best structure for the Hisense range, which do look mighty impressive, I have to say. You want to read more about Panasonic and Hisense, including all the prices and availability, check it out, techguide.com.au. Before we get on to the Tech Guide reviews, I just want to chat about one other story, and that is Optus, which are now offering unlimited mobile data plans. Can you believe it? They've become the first telco in Australia to offer their unleashed plans. This has got unlimited data for its mobile customers, first in Australia to do it. But there is a catch. I'll talk about that in a moment. But unlimited plan starts at $60 per month, on a 12-month contract, and you can also add a second and third SIM card for $50 and $40 respectively, and all having unlimited data. So if it's a family or a small business, you can do that. Now, unlimited data sounds great, doesn't it? But there is a caveat here. There is a catch. And users that are going to take advantage of this, they can't stream music or video or tether their mobile device with a speed faster than 1.5 megabits per second. So if you've tethered your laptop to your unlimited mobile plan through Optus, the fastest speed you're going to get off the network is 1.5 megabits per second, which isn't a lot. If you're using your data on 4G, it's going to be a lot faster than that. But you know what? There's more. During congestion periods, so here's here's what Optus is probably envisaging here. Someone buys this unlimited plan and they think, great, I'm going to run Netflix, I'm going to run my whole house off this unlimited plan. Well, here's what happens there. During congestion periods, these unlimited data users, the heavy unlimited data users, are going to be deprioritized and they will experience even slower speeds than regular customers. So I ask this, is... Unlimited mobile data worth it? With those catches, it is kind of it is slightly counterproductive. Now, if you want unlimited data, then you're going the fastest you're going to be during the day. I think is one point five megabits per second, which isn't a lot, and you're paying sixty bucks for it. Now, if you shop around to Vodafone, Telstra, and even Optus themselves. They do have regular sim only plans with data you can you can get up to two hundred gig of data if you want if you want to pay for it and that 's without any catch you just get it and it 's as fast as you want to go for it so is it good on the one hand yes they 're giving you unlimited data on the downside though it is very strictly speed limited so very very should be should consider that if you 're thinking well, unlimited data sounds great but I think what if people are thinking that unlimited data plans from Optus is going to then them not require the NBN or fixed fixed broadband? Then you better think again. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide.
0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe, unfortunately, and we're all using it, but a lot of us don't realise that without the right protection, your personal information could soon become public. There's been plenty of vulnerabilities that have shown that it could allow attackers to intercept data that's transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or stored on your connected devices, things like your passwords, credit card numbers and more, could be vulnerable. All this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft or accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private, wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information and visit Norton Wi-Fi Privacy with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech now.
0: A Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig.
1: First up on the reviews, we're talking about a car. It's the Audi SQ7 TDI Performance SUV. Now, there's a fair bit of technology on board. People are wondering, why the hell are you talking about cars on a tech podcast? Well, I'm going to get to that. There's plenty of technology under the hood, not just with the the entertainment, the infotainment system, but also the car itself. Plenty of innovation to help boost performance. Uh, And it's a 48-volt mild hybrid, if you don't mind, with an all-new 4-litre V8 TDI engine and it can deliver 320 kilowatts of power. This is a V8, this beast, and it sounds like it too. I remember driving it home for the first time. I thought I had it in the wrong year. It sounded really loud, but uh, that's just how the engine sounds, that V8. It's a quattro engine. Sounds really growly. V8, v eight cylinders of power there. Sounded fantastic, but it's also a diesel car. It's the world's first seven seat diesel SUV that has a new drivetrain and dynamic handling. So it makes this sort of a, a one-of-a-kind SUV, which is what we like. Luxury and performance SUVs are so popular at the moment, and this is just the latest. Uh, and also one of uh, Audi's most popular lines Their performance SUVs, uh, you can say the bread and butter of the brand. Though they, they do sell a lot of them. Now, the SQ7 isn't a small car. This is a seven-seater, okay? This is a big car. Uh, but the good news is it doesn't handle that way. It drives really smooth. Uh, you're not, you, it drives like a regular sedan. You're not feeling like you're driving a big car at all. Uh, what, what helps here is the tuned adaptive air suspension system. Uh, so it does really smooth out your ride somewhat. Now, the design, it's got a pretty solid stance on this beast. It's got an aluminium exterior mirror housings. It's got these really distinctive re-haunches. It just sits really nicely on the road. Uh, really distinctive wheel arches. That's got the trademark double arrow-shaped headlights as well, which is kind of an Audi trademark, which is really cool. Uh, the interior, really spacious, also luxurious. It It is uh, really made of premium materials. You just feel like you're surrounded in luxury. And for the price, which I'll tell you later, that is exactly how you want to feel. Now, uh, the, the those features go all the way back to the rear seat, so even your sixth and seventh passenger in the car will feel that luxury. Under the hood, I mentioned there's a 4-litre V8 bi-turbo engine. Uh, gets you zero to 100.000. In 4.9 seconds, this this thing can move the SQ7. Also, though, here's the good news. Now, I remember t- I told you it was diesel. It only goes through 7.2 litres of diesel per 100 kilometres, which is pretty good. Two variable vane exhaust turbochargers also, and they're supported by an electric compressor. So that's, uh, that eliminates that turbo lag. So when you want to move, this thing can get uh, up to 75,000 RPM in less than 250 milliseconds. That is fast. There's also that 48-volt electrical architecture I spoke, to, uh, spoke about before, and that comes into play, sort of runs in parallel with the standard 12-volt electrical system. So uh, they've got you covered like a tarpaulin right there, but of course... The tech in the car, and let's face it, technology is becoming one of those features that can really shift a customer to purchase. Technology is one of the pillars, I think, now of car of a car decision, car buying decision. So, uh, not only is a brand design technology, I think that's one of the one of the things, and also maybe color. But this is available in all colors as well. But the technology. Really important, and it has its own infotainment system, so it can handle uh, all the different types of radio you want to hear, digital radio. You can also, of course, connect your phone, so you've got all your phone content. It's got GPS as well. Now, there is there are two screens here. There's one that slides up beautifully from the dashboard when you turn the car on, but there's also this massive 12, 12-inch screen behind the steering wheel. So if you want to focus more on the GPS or the content you're listening to, you can have that on the display in front of the driver's wheel, the, in front of the wheel. So, and that can be divided. You can change the, the design into two or three different ways. So uh, really, literally, everything's at your fingertips. Now, one little quirky feature was uh, a way to enter data or text into the system. And there's like a little trackpad. And this trackpad is is designed for you to write on it. So if you want to enter an address, you can actually write with it. And I found, though, this is a right-hand drive, don't forget, and I'm right-handed, so trying to reach my right-hand or all the way across the central console to write wasn't exactly an easy thing to do. I'm not left-handed. Maybe the passenger, hopefully a right-handed passenger, could look after that for us. We did find, though, there were other ways to enter text a lot easier than that, but that was just a way for you to scroll down just quick. Quick things. Obviously, not, nothing you can do while you're driving. You have got to be stationary to do it. It's pretty hard to write. Look down at a console that you're writing on. That that was a little strange to me. I think and that that's probably not the best feature in a car uh, that allows for gestures and writing. It was pretty inexact. If uh, you want my honest opinion on it. But that's not to say we didn't like the tech on board, which also included, of course, uh, Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. We found that we were using Apple CarPlay probably more than the car's native infotainment system. It was just so much uh, easier to access and easier to use. But the uh, the onboard infotainment system uh, is pretty good. And, and look, we only had the car a week, so if, if it took some getting used to. You could really get right into it and use it quite properly if you wanted to CarPlay was just an easy option for us that we quite enjoyed. Uh, We're also going to give special reference to the onboard audio system, the Bang & Olufsen Advanced Sound System. Probably one of the best car audio systems I've ever heard. It is absolutely brilliant. Music sounded fantastic in this car. Uh, One other little bugbear we had was the parking sensors. And we love to listen to stuff in the car, whether it's podcasts, whether it's music, whatever, the radio. Every time we tried to park the car, the big loud parking sensors would come up and automatically the audio would be t- turned right down. And that annoyed us because it didn't actually stop the audio. It just played it really, really at low volume. So we had to manually turn up the, the volume of what we were listening to while we were backing into a space. Uh, that was annoying. We had to turn the volume up each time. I think the car should be able to trust me with maybe visual aids instead of loud parking noises. Give me an indicator rather than a loud noise. The Audi SQ7 is priced at $155,000, 1055 and $511 to be precise. So $155,511. Uh, it's it's pretty specced up vehicle. I've got to say, if you if you want to do drive a luxury car that can carry a lot of people, that's got amazing fuel economy, an amazing sound system, some pretty impressive technology, and drives pretty smartly, then you are getting a lot for your money. It might sound like a money, a lot of money, but you are getting a lot for that money. Luxury and performance, and all that technology that I mentioned. The Audi SQ7, if you want to read that full review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au.
0: Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick.
1: Moving along to Telstra, and they've just announced a new Wi-Fi booster for their customers. So uh, if you're a Telstra customer and you want to, uh, you got a bit, of a bit of spotty Wi-Fi in your home, you want to increase the strength in certain parts of your house, then the Telstra Smart Wi-Fi Booster is the way to go. They're 189 bucks, 180 bucks each, or 750 on a plan. You can add it to your plan, a broadband plan, or whatever phone plan, whatever you want, uh, over 24 months. And what these do is that they enhance the signal from your existing Telstra modem and push it into other parts of your house. It's like a range extender. They call it the Smart Wi-Fi Booster because they didn't want to call it a range extender, which is exactly what it is. You can use up to three of these in your house, and what it does, it keeps the one Wi-Fi name. So rather than you having three different network names, it has just one. It extends that one in your home. And the smarts of this system allow you to walk around your house, and it'll ping you to the smartest, to the fastest point in the house. So it, it'll track you as you're moving around your home and connect you to the best booster in your house, and I said uh, you can have up to three in your home, uh, and you can connect it to your existing Telstra modem. 180 bucks outright, or 7.50 a month over 24 months. And there are, I'm sure, people, and you know, us Aussies live in some of us live in big houses, uh, open plan houses, and they do. There are some areas in your house that could be improved in terms of your Wi-Fi strength and performance. This is the way to do it. If you're a Telstra customer, the smart Wi-Fi boost is the way to go. You want to see that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking eBay. And if anyone who has been on eBay, massive site to buy and sell stuff and sellers, and we're talking consumer to consumer sellers here have been doing pretty well. Uh, on average, uh, $706 in sales, consumer to consumer. And that's a pretty good stat when you consider, according to eBay, the average Australian household has more than 5400 bucks worth of stuff in their house that can easily be sold on eBay. Now, what eBay has done, they've announced a new service called QuickList. And this enables every eBay seller to list items even faster. In fact, it's so quick, you could list an item in less than a minute. Now, how it does this, it guides you through. So you type in what you want to sell. It'll detect what that product is, what the right category is, and give you examples of other products that have sold. It might be the same product you're selling. So it delves into its vast database and matches that product with other products similar or same products that are sold so a guide you along can provide specs images information for you to be able to list your product quickly and easily so it, it can take in less than a minute so for example if you're selling uh, i don't know uh, a pair of headphones you type in the brand, you type in the model number, and it'll look up that model number and come back to you with the specs of that headphone, so I don't have to type them in, it's got them all there, a description of the headphones, and then it'll even suggest a price for you. So it'll look back at all the fu- those similar headphones that have sold, give you the suggested price that'll help move this thing. So you want to sell it, if you no point you putting it way higher than everyone else, you want to be competitive, it'll even tell you whether you should have it as an auction or a fixed price sale as well. And then, this is my favourite part, it can even take all the guesswork out of postage. Have you tried to work out postage? What this does, the quick list, it looks at your product, looks at the size of the packaging, or know the size of the packaging, and then suggests the exact price and packaging size to list on that sale. Really easy, uh, also gives you the option of using Sendle, which is a company that can pick up your item and deliver it like a courier. So if you don't want to go down to Australia Post, and that, that's the suggestions you first get are through Australia Post, you can use Sendal as well. Now, they have also listed a few tips on how best to show off your item the best possible way in terms of your photography. And they've suggested doing things like using natural light. Make sure the light doesn't come from behind so it's just not. it doesn't look like a silhouette. Have a clean, preferably white background, like use a wall or just get a sheet of cardboard. Use your phone to take your photos They produce pretty high-quality results. You can use up to eight. You can add up to 12 photos to the listing for free. Having more photos increases your chances of selling it. Take shots from all angles, capture unique details about your item, but also capture any defects of used items as well. Honesty is the best policy there, and if you do that, follow those instructions and use the quick list you'll be selling in no time. The eBay quick list, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear and they're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Meet Orbi. This is the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure and fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more den zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri band Wi Fi system works with your existing modem to maximize the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state of the art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi Fi everywhere.
0: Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help
1: Desk. We've got a very special Tech Guide Help Desk. They are all Voice Bytes. You can record your question just like Julie, Peter and Michael have done this week. Record your question using the Voice Byte app. That's Voice, B-Y-T-E, Voice Byte. Uh, it is available for free on iOS and Android. Record your question, hashtag Tech Guide in the clip title. You've got 15 seconds to record it. You can re-record it if you don't get it right the first time. Slide to broadcast. I'll get it and play it on the Tech Guide podcast like this uh, voice bite from Julie.
0: Hi, Steve. I recently downloaded the latest upgrade for a Galaxy S7. Now can't use the scheduled text feature. It only gives me three bars, not three dots. I only found this after hearing you on Christmas the other week, and it's a fantastic app, and now I can't do it.
1: Help. Well, Julie's talking about a feature on the Galaxy S phones, uh, it was on the S8, it's also now on the S9, which is the scheduled messaging. It allows you to send your text message at a certain time rather than right then and there. Now, on the old system, there were three dots at the top of the screen, and in those three dots in the drop down, was the scheduled messaging option. Now with the upgrade, there is now a plus symbol next to the uh, text entry area. If you press that plus symbol, it'll take you to another screen and one of those options will be schedule messaging. So the feature's still there, it's just been moved to a different place. Let's hear from Peter.
0: Is there a way to access your desktop from a remote location? I'm in Newcastle in the Hunter and I need documents which are on my desktop
1: in Lumia. Great question and the answer is yes. You can connect to another computer using remote desktop connection. Now, Peter's using a Windows Windows computers and remote desktop connection works when you're running Windows on both machines and you can connect to that other computer running Windows that's either connected to the same network in your house or in this case across the internet. Now, you can use all the that other computer's files, network, programs, applications, you name it. But to connect to that remote computer, that computer must be turned on and it must have a network connection. So if you know you've left your computer on, you can link back to it using remote desktop. But it must be enabled on that other computer as well. So if you think there may be a need to access files remotely, make sure you leave your computer on, make sure it's connected to the internet but also enable remote connection as well. It can be done. uh, you just got to be prepared to do it. If suddenly you've forgotten something and, oh, my God, the computer at home's turned off, forget about it. But if it's something you're going to be doing, of course, the easiest way to do stuff is to store important documents in the cloud, which you can access from anywhere, whether your computer's on or off. But in this instance, it is possible, Peter, for you to access those files remotely using remote desktop, but you've got to make sure all the computers are on and connected to the Internet. Now let's hear from Michael.
0: We currently have ADSL 2 at home, speed 2.7 megabits per second, using about 30 gigabytes a month. NBN is coming next month, but is using data on a mobile phone plan a better option, as we're often away from home?
1: That's a really good question, and uh, I think people are asking themselves this, and the question was basically, is mobile data, mobile connection good enough instead of using the NBN? They said they travel a fair bit, they're not home a lot, so... Is that a good option? Well, yes and no. It is, for the times you are home, you're going to be probably using a lot of data. You might be streaming Netflix. You might be downloading movies or whatever you're doing. You want decent data. Now, the thing with mobile data is that while it is fast and sometimes faster than the NBN in in strong reception areas, the data is much more expensive, depending on the network, of course. But if you look at NBN plans, for example... You're probably paying about 50 to 100 bucks for different speeds, of course, but the one thing they've got in common is unlimited data. And the congestion is normally not too bad, so you've got that on your side. Mobile data is, uh, A, it could be a little bit sketchy in terms of speeds, but also the amount of data, especially if you want a lot of data, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So for 50 bucks a month on mobile data, you might only get like 30 gig. Of data, which you might use quickly, you might not if you 're a particularly light user, only you know that answer, so yes, it is an option, but not an option for everyone. so decide carefully before you make your mind up because you may find yourself short on data, and that data is quite expensive per gigabyte so It is definitely an option, but only you can decide that depending on your situation. For others, having a fixed line connection like the NBN is is the way to go. Others, mobile will do just the trick. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us a voice bite. You heard three tonight uh, on that uh, on our help desk. Uh, voice bite free app. Hashtag techguide. Record your question or your little mini-review, happy to run your little mini-reviews as well, slide to broadcast, I'll play it on the Tech Guide podcast. We want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.